With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Okay, just seeing here that Garrett Marino has been suspended four games by the Canadian Football League. So he's the guy who uh, injured Jeremiah Mazzoli in that Saskatchewan-Ottawa game a couple of days ago. So a four-game suspension, and that had the ripple effect of affecting the Edmonton Elks because they trade Nick Arbuckle to Ottawa for a fourth-round draft pick next year. We had G. Roy Simon on the show earlier tonight talking about that. Simon, the assistant general manager with your Edmonton Elks. If you miss anything on the show, sign up for the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, we'll try to get you a canned ham if you sign up for the podcast or you can go to the show page on 630ched.com. Always appreciate however you tune in. If you're listening live, that's great. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, I, I, that's also great, and I hope you're doing well. Okay, so here's what else I can tell you. I want to go over the NHL headlines because they are significant. Matt Murray has been traded, the goaltender, from Ottawa to Montreal to the Leafs. Now, Ottawa is going to retain 25% of the salary, and the Leafs also get a third rounder in 23, a seventh rounder in 24, and the Leafs give up future considerations in that deal so uh we're thinking this makes it even more likely that jack campbell is going to be signed by edmonton when free agency opens on wednesday if jenny malkin is going to test free agency that's pretty significant the oilers have given evander kane permission to talk to other teams and uh, we'll see where that goes are the oilers going to be able to bring evander kane back uh, keep an eye out on david perron david perron is going to be an unrestricted free agent still a very productive player at the age of 34 could you give him a couple-year deal to to ride up there in the top six with either McDavid or Dreisaitl? Loves to shoot the puck, shoots a lot, has some uh, grease and peskiness to his game that I think the team could miss. I'm not saying he would replace Evander Kane directly, but I, I still think he could be pretty productive up there. So those are some uh, notes to tell you about from the Canadian Football League. Always happy to hear from you. The hotline is powered by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems certainteed pro all the way elks in montreal on thursday it's on 6 30 ched four o'clock for the countdown to kick off game at 5 30 we'll have the elks this week with morley scott coming up after the 7 30 news i can also tell you the edmonton stingers have a home game tomorrow night at the expo center they're going to be taking on ottawa the uh, Stingers now 7-7 seven and seven on the season. I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports. He doesn't just play for the uh, Stingers. He's also the head basketball coach of the men's team at Nate. It is Jordan Baker checking in tonight. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? 
Well, I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. We've been doing this a long time, talking in some capacity since your uh, very first year as a U of A Golden. How many years ago was that now? Um, that would have been 13 years ago now. 2009 was when I made my debut at the U of A. Okay, my goodness. Well, uh, you, I mean, basketball has given you quite a journey. It continues to give you. Like, do you ever kind of pinch yourself of what the kind of life and career you've able, been able to carve out of hoops? Um, yeah, I mean, my experience at U of A was awesome, being able to play in front of friends and family. Um, and then when I graduated, you know, I always thought the, the professional career was what I wanted to pursue. And the only opportunity for me to do that was overseas. But now with the CBL back in action, um, it's great to be able to be back at Edmonton playing in front of friends and family once again at the, at the professional level and, you know, doing it past the age of 30 is a, is a blessing that I've been able to stay healthy so long as well. Yeah. Well, which is awesome. And playing for your hometown team, the Edmonton Stingers, who you've already helped to win a couple of championships. Every season is different. And this one has had some uh, ups and downs already. I think you guys started four and one and now you're seven and seven with six games left in the regular season. How would you characterize this year's ride, Jordan? Yeah, um, this year has definitely been um, unlike other years. Um, you know, now that we're able to have a full 20-game schedule, and it's a league that's grown tremendously over the last four years, you're seeing teams sort of stack up on talent, and teams starting to build a little bit more chemistry and build some cohesion and some consistency, which has been Edmonton's uh, MO over the last few years. So it's definitely a, a well-balanced league. There's lots of talent, lots of, lots of competition. So for us, you know, it's just a matter of trying to click at the right time. And I think, you know, we were missing some guys early. We're coming back from the professional seasons overseas, uh, had a couple of guys slide out with some other commitments, but now we're at, full strength and hopefully to make a little run here down the stretch. Okay. Well, and this is a big game at, at home tomorrow night uh, against Ottawa. I mean, you win this one and you keep a couple teams kind of at bay. Yeah. And I mean, we see Ottawa at home twice before the end of the season. So um, it's going to be a big tomorrow, no question. And then we go on the road for a couple and then we're back against them again uh, in about 10 to 12 days. So, uh, we need to set the tone, and we owe them a little bit from uh, our trip out to the Capital City earlier this season where they, they beat us. Okay. Jordan Baker joining us tonight on Inside Sports from your uh, Edmonton Stingers and, of course, also going into your second year as the head coach at Nate. How does year two, or I guess maybe at least the summer leading into year two, feel different than one year ago? Yeah, I mean, a year ago, I was uh, working guys out at the Blue Quill outdoor courts because we didn't have access to any facilities. Um, so this year, we're able to get into the gym in the summertime. Um, there's a there's a good core group of veteran guys that I've got coming back who understand the system, who understand our culture, who understand what we're trying to do as a program. And, you know, now that I've had a full summer and a full spring to recruit and try to bring some guys in, I think we're going to be um, a lot deeper than we were last season um, and hopefully are able to win a few more games than we did. Uh, Jordan, ba I mean, I know how competitive you are as a player. What is Jordan Baker, the recruiter, like? What's your sales pitch? How intense do you get? <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't try to force guys um, to come to a program where they don't have anything available for them academically. Uh, that's the biggest thing with Nate. We offer very specific programs. 
Um, but in order to be eligible, you got to be passing classes. In order to be passing classes, generally, you've got to be interested in them. So um, I kind of lay it out on the table and say, hey, I'm, I'm excited about you potentially joining our program. Can we find something for you academically? Um, and if it works out, then, you know, I generally have them try to come out and see our, our group in action. And, and hopefully it's something they want to be a part of. But um, for me, it's, it's, it's players who want to be at Nate, who want to be around myself and George Hoy, who I have as my assistant, um, who want to get better and who want to compete every day. And if, you know, you want to go somewhere where it's going to be chill and easy, well, um, you know, maybe Nate's not the spot for you. Do you have any radio and television students on your team, Jordan? We weren't the most athletic bunch when I was <laughs> in school. <laughs> uh, not currently, and it doesn't look like it for this upcoming season either. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to have them out. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, nobody. It's a, it's a very competitive program, so not a ton of guys um, are able to get in. Uh, and, you know, we, we actually do have someone on the women's team, however, who's in that program. Okay. Awesome. And you did some other coaching this summer. I know you're such a busy guy. Who were you just coaching recently here? Yeah, so we just finished up our um, under-18 uh, club season. I was coaching with the uh, the Junior Bears at U of A. So we had our inaugural season. Um, we just finished up at the Great Canadian Shootout uh, last weekend, I guess. So um, wearing many hats these days, but it was great to be able to, to kind of have uh, that experience with those young kids who have missed a year and a half with COVID and we're finally getting back into, into the full swing of things with their club season. And we had a great, great group of guys and hopefully some future golden bears and some future Nadukes down the road. All right. So, you know, we started by talking about your journey through basketball and you're still kind of wearing two hats as a coach and a player, but if, if you could currently coach the 19 or 20 year old version of yourself, how would you guide that player and would you enjoy coaching that player or might you be frustrated at times by that player? <laughs> um, I think 19, 20 year old Jordan Baker was, um, he had a different perspective on how much he knew. And unfortunately he knew nothing when he thought he knew a lot. So um, trying to instill a little bit of humility, a little bit of coachability into that guy would have been helpful, but, um, you know, I had great coaches all along my college career and, and even in high school. So um, I'm not sure I would have been able to help a whole lot more than those great coaches uh, did. All right. Well, I appreciate that very, uh, very candid answer. But uh, you, you, were, you I, I always thought you were pretty humble, even when I talked to you at that stage of your life. But uh, I know you're really hard on yourself. Okay, look. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, I'm really glad we got to talk again. A big game at 7 o'clock tomorrow, Expo Center. Stinkers against Ottawa. And uh, hopefully we're talking to you or some of your teammates here going into playoffs and championship weekend. Always appreciate your time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Reed. That is Jordan Baker from your Edmonton Stingers. 7 o'clock tip-off tomorrow night at the Expo Center. They're taking on the Ottawa Blackjacks. Another good name in that league. They got the River Lions. They got the Honey Badgers. Uh, we got the, the Rattlers in Saskatchewan and, of course, the Stingers right here in Edmonton. And, yeah, Stingers, a bit of an up-down year, 7-7, seven, 7-7, seven, seven and seven, still looking good to make the playoffs, and they would go a long way towards the playoff spot by beating Ottawa tomorrow night. 
Okay, it is 7-16. Uh, Duncan Keith expected to formally announce his retirement at a news conference tomorrow at Rogers Place. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll be back with a full edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8. The Elks this week is coming up after the 7.30 news. The host of that fine show, Morley Scott, joins me next. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, so I mentioned at the top of the hour, you got Garrett Marino from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders suspended by four games for the CFL. That is a heavy suspension in the sport of football. So he injured Jeremiah Mazzoli on the play that has knocked Mazzoli out for, uh, I don't think, quite the rest of the season. I'll talk to Morley about that in a second here. But it turns out he's actually been given three separate suspensions. So here's how it breaks down. He gets a two-game suspension for a dangerous and reckless low hit on Mazzoli. That's uh, the words of the CFL, dangerous and reckless low hit. And Marino was ejected from the game on the on that play and also suspended for his subsequent celebration. So two games for that. He gets a one-game suspension for verbal comments he made about Mazzoli's heritage during the game that violates the CFL's code of conduct. And he also gets a one-game suspension for an illegal and reckless tackle of an Ottawa offensive lineman on a previous play in the game. Morley Scott's the play-by-play voice for the Elks. He has the Elks this week coming up from 7.30 to 8 right after Inside Sports. Morley, this this is, I can't remember seeing this before, especially in the sport of football. A guy gets three suspensions at once, and that's four out of 18 games. I mean, that's like a 15-game suspension in the NHL. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money he's going to lose. It's a big loss for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it's, uh, the punishment probably fits the crime, Reed. I have never seen such an uproar about a play or a series of plays in my time watching the Canadian Football League as there has been over the last uh, you know, four or five days since Friday when this all took place. I mean, it was, everyone was up in arms about this. It was a, it was a terrible hit. What, what I hated more, you know, because there are awful bad hits in, in football, uh, but what I hated more was the celebration afterwards which was just classless uh, and and I'm glad that the, the CFL mentioned that in the uh, in the release of when they announced the suspension tonight uh, but yeah it's it's it was just uh, it was just a horrible play and he followed up by that classless celebration of a horrible play uh, and then then stuff came out about remarks he had made both in the game and at a restaurant the night before so yeah he's it looks like he's getting what he deserves and and i'm i'm happy the cfl really stepped up and 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 really handed him uh some punishment for this because there's a lot of people pretty upset about what had happened and uh you got to make sure that you you stop this nonsense from continuing uh, how long has he been in the league, by the way? I, I feel like I don't know too much about him. Yeah, this is just his second year. Last year was his, okay. his first year. He's been fined a couple of times already uh, for for bad hits earlier. So he's he's got a record as well. So this that played into it also. So yeah, it's uh, he's uh, he's a, he's a player that a lot of teams know about and a lot of teams have talked about, and he got I guess what's coming to him today. Had G. Roy Simon on the show earlier, talked about the Nick Arbuckle trade, and I said, I, I, I'm going to speak for some of the feedback I get 
and th well, some things I've had on this show that that perhaps there is still something lacking at the quarterback position for the Edmonton Elks. Do you still need to bring somebody in? He said, we got faith in guys. Cornelius is going to play. Ford's an exciting, promising young player, not available this week. Um, how are, how are, and, and again, I, I feel like I always got to say this. The Elks have problems beyond the quarterback, but it is the position in the sport of football. Yep. How are you feeling about everything? And, and do you still think they're seriously sniffing? I mean, I know that Vernon Adams' name's floating around almost constantly. How, how do you see this? Yeah, I, they're, as G-Roy told you, uh, Reed, they're always looking, right? They're always looking to make improvement. I think uh, they will they will go slowly at the quarterback position. I think they'll see how Taylor Cornelius plays this week. I think they'll see how Trey Ford uh, recovers from his injury and how soon he can get back into the lineup. I, I don't know if anything's imminent. Uh, you know, I've been wrong before in these situations, but I, I don't think anything's imminent. I think the, the trade everyone kind of was saying would work perfect was Nick Arbuckle for Vernon Adams, right? But obviously that's not going to happen now with Arbuckle heading uh, to Ottawa. I kind of pegged, uh, I, I kind of thought if the Elks wanted Adams, they're going to have to step up because Ottawa would be going after Adams. Adams, I would think so. Uh, but they went after Arbuckle, who they know a little bit from having him in their organization for a year during the pandemic. He never played with them, but they did go out. And this is under the old general manager, of course. They did go out and, and court him and brought him in, and he was a big part of their marketing plan for a year. And he was a big part of their future at that time. But then it just went south after the pandemic end and ended, and they, they had contract issues as they, they tried to get him to take a pay cut a bit, and he ended up heading to Toronto. So, yeah, I, I think the Elks have to be better at the quarterback position. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if that means a new guy or if it's the guys that they have have to step up, but they have to have better play at the quarterback position. Uh, Nick Arbuckle struggled. I mean, I feel bad for him because he worked very hard in the offseason. He came up against uh, Winnipeg in the preseason and was razor sharp in that game. If you'll recall, he was 9 for 10. He led three drives. Two of them were touchdowns. One of them was a field goal. That was in the preseason. Then he got hurt, though, and uh, he never got to play in the second preseason. He missed a week of practice, and uh, when he got to play in the regular season, he just didn't look the same as he did in Winnipeg. And I think that injury may have set him back a little bit and he just wasn't able to recover. Um, he, he made some plays. He threw eight interceptions, which obviously is not good. And mm -hmm. I just think he's, he's getting a fresh start. And, and uh, it, I feel bad for him because he did try to put it all together but it just it just seemed like he was never the right fit in this system he was the right fit in the old system when he was acquired by the ox when uh the old regime was in place and the old offense was in place uh, with jamie elizondo as offensive coordinator but he just doesn't seem to fit the offense that the elks want to run uh with chris jones as their head coach and i, I a lot of people thought he wouldn't even make it to training camp uh, but he did and he got a chance let's not forget that he got a chance uh, i mean he played three games and played a lot in the in, in the game on on Thursday night as well. So he got his chance, and unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to produce like uh, like he needed to to keep that job. Morley, quickly, who's coming up tonight? Uh, we're going to talk with Dave Campbell a little bit. We'll kick it around the quarterbacking situation uh, for the Elks a little bit more. We're also going to hear from Trey Watson, who is the Elks' new middle linebacker, uh, released on the morning of July 4th uh, by the uh, Montreal Alouettes. And by the time he went to bed on July 4th, he was a member of the Green and Gold and making his way out west for that. So we'll talk to him and hear about uh, a very eventful week for him. He'll make his debut back in Montreal on Thursday. Okay. 
Morley Scott has the Elks this week coming up after the 7.30 news. Again, it is Matt Murray, the goaltender, traded from Ottawa to Toronto. Duncan Keith expected to formally announce his retirement tomorrow in a news conference at Rogers Place. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Chris Gardner, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Take care. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.